The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA, Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Welcome. Tim Decker here with you, talking any and all things financial on Financial Freedom. This is the program where we will not waste your time talking about individual stocks you should or should not buy. We will not waste your time trying to predict what the market's going to do in the short term. And we will encourage you to focus on and learn about the right way to invest, which is always founded in and should be grounded in the evidence of financial science. Let me give you the phone numbers if you would like to uh, reach me, uh, if you have anything you'd like to ask me as it pertains to investments, finances. If it's important to you, it's important to me. You can reach me at 717 717- Five four zero zero five eighty. That's seven one seven five four zero zero five eighty or toll free eight hundred seven two four fifty eight zero one. Again, that's eight hundred seven two four fifty eight zero one. And if you would prefer to just shoot me a live email with any questions uh, that you might have or comments, you can email me now directly live here. Uh, during the show by sending an email to ffradio at comcast.net. That's ffradio at comcast.net. As always, if you have something you want to discuss with me or ask of me, the sooner you reach out, give me a call. Uh, Toria will just inquire of you, your first name, where you're calling from, and just what the general nature of your question question is and we will cue you up in the order of when we have received your call i just don't want you to wait till the end of the show if possible because there are times that we're not able to get to your calls well a lot's going on in washington Uh, a lot of economic news out this past week Uh, unemployment rate dropping to 3.7 which is the lowest in 49 years uh, we continue to see interest rates increase, and specifically in the area of the bond market. I had mentioned uh, on one of the recent shows that one of the myths that exists out there, and it's even not only amongst consumers, individual investors, but also, unfortunately, amongst many financial advisors, uh, uninformed unfortunately, that the Federal Reserve's interest rate policy is what drives the yield on the bond market. As was demonstrated firsthand over the last couple of weeks, the bond market yield actually led, that's right, led 
and re reacted and moved up before the Fed even actually increased rates. And just to remind you, why is that or what drives that? It's simply, simply the strength or the anticipated strength of the economy. As there are more and more signs that the economy continues to be on sound footage, uh, you have seen the yield on 10-year government bonds as well as five-year government bonds increase. Um, this past week, the yield on the 10-year government bond as of yesterday uh, ended around 3.22. And it wasn't too long ago, uh, yields were under 3. So I know one of the things that I want to just kind of review with you is what does that mean for your bonds, your bond funds, and is that something that you should be concerned about? Because if you look at the price of your individual bonds or you look at the price of your bond funds, assuming they are investment-grade or government bonds, which are obviously investment-grade because they're backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, which is considered the safest uh, obligatory uh, bond issuer in the world, what you have seen is the price of your bonds or your bond funds actually decrease here recently a little bit. So should you be concerned? Well, let me tell you why you should be, and let me tell you why you shouldn't be. Any monies that you have earmarked that you plan on withdrawing, say, within the next year to two years that you have in bond funds that have duration, say, of five years or more, Simply, you should not have that money in there. Any monies that you ever plan on using within a year or two years should be in very, very stable things such as cash or very, very, very short-term short -term bond funds. But for the vast majority of you and for the vast majority of our clients, the monies that we have in investment grade and government bond funds are monies that are earmarked, say, for five years or more. So what happens is as the yields slowly go up, as they follow interest rates, new bonds are offering higher coupons, higher dividend yields to get people to buy them, obviously, the price of your existing bond or your bond fund decreases. Now, what's nice about a bond fund versus an individual bond is with the bond fund where literally you're part owner of, say, hundreds and hundreds of individual bonds that make up the bond fund in and of itself they're always coming due and mature at different times. So as they come due, the mutual fund bond manager is able to reinvest the, the principal from the bonds that have matured into 
newer bonds that have higher yields. So what takes place is, yes, the share price of the bond fund temporarily, temporarily will decrease, but that doesn't mean that you've lost anything unless you choose to sell, of course. And at the same time that that's happening, guess what's happening to the dividend yield that's being paid out by your bond fund? It's going up because they're reinvesting in newer bonds of higher yields. So in summary, in real simple terms here, if the monies that you have in good, solid investment grade slash government bond funds are monies that you have no intent of needing to sell the principal or to sell any of the share the uh, shares of the fund, you have nothing to worry about. And the, the actual dividends that will be paid out to you in these bond funds will actually increase as yields go up. Is that a bad thing? No. That's actually a good thing. For those of you who choose to sell shares of your bond fund or if you own individual bonds, if you choose to sell those while the price has gone down, again, you will choose to take a loss. So again, it comes down to, as it does so many times in the world of investing, if you have a plan that you laid out initially that that helped you determine what are your objectives, what are your goals, when will you need different funds and investments, and you have followed that plan and used that plan as the guide in building your portfolio, you have nothing to be concerned about. And in fact, this should have been part of your planning as we knew it was just a matter of when that yields would start going up and you need to plan for that in advance and not react to it when it takes place. Okay, we're going to go to our first break. We come back, we'll pick right back up. Would love to hear from you. If you want to discuss anything, if it's important to you, I promise it's important to me. You can reach me here, 717-540-0580, or toll-free 800-724-5801, or shoot me an email at ffradio at comcast.net. We'll be right back. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. Welcome back. Tim Decker here with you. Thank you for making us part of your Saturday morning. Uh, you know, we have been uh, on the air here in South Central Pennsylvania for over 25 years. And uh, what I'm most proud of is that this is the one program, the one financial talk program uh, here on WHP where you can listen to me and together we can learn things and we are the 
100% fee-only advisory firm that is here with you every weekend. And I hope that you truly understand the importance of what that means. That means that we have, or I have, no agenda to sell you anything. And that's in sharp contrast to many, many other television shows, radio shows, where unfortunately, when you look under the hood, much of what is discussed and much is what much of what is shared with you ultimately and unfortunately has a agenda to lead you down a certain path and ultimately sell you certain products, whether it be commissionable insurance products, whether it be uh, and that can include life insurance that can include annuities um, so I just, I just want you to know that, that I personally am very proud that we are the financial talk show here on WHP that comes and, and, and brings you information, and I want you to know that we're proud that we are the show that is, is a 100% fee-only fiduciary advisory firm, which means I have a legal responsibility, not some of the time, as fee-based advisors to do where some of the time they will serve as a fiduciary and some of the time they are not required to because then they can sell you products, etc. We sell nothing. So whatever that's worth, I hope that means something. And I'm also proud that we have been on the air in South Central Pennsylvania for over 25 years and I have met many of you, which has been an honor, and it's been a privilege, and God willing, uh, I will continue to be here with you uh, for many years to come. One of the things that is in the Wall Street Journal this weekend is, I think, an excellent article. It's written by uh, somebody who I uh, highly admire. His name is Jason Zweig. You've heard me speak of him uh, before. He's an excellent columnist. He writes a column called The Intelligent Investor for the Wall Street Journal, and uh, he actually was recommended when he was hired at the Wall Street Journal by a good friend of mine and colleague who we've had as a guest on this show in the past, which, by the way, we're going to have Jonathan Clements as a guest again, uh, I believe early November. He's got a brand new book out, and uh, uh, we're going to be speaking with him about that. But years ago, Jonathan Clements was in charge of personal finance for the Wall Street Journal. I believe it was uh, for approximately 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. And when he decided to move on, uh, Jason Zweig uh, came strongly recommended by Jonathan Clements. Well, Zweig uh, continues to do an excellent job there. And this weekend, there, uh, he wrote an article about the very special event that took place at, at Vanguard's headquarters uh, with Mr. Jack or John Bogle, the founder of Vanguard. Uh, the, there is a group of diehard 
John Bogle fans who go by the name as Bogleheads that were out there. There was about 200 of them out there. And uh, Jack Bogle, um, I believe he's like 89 years old right now and uh, has had numerous heart issues in the past. He's had like six or seven heart attacks. He had a heart transplant, actually. And he's still, you know, hanging in there. But they had a real nice and a very special get-together with uh, with uh, Mr. Bogle. And Mr. Bogle is responsible for founding Vanguard in 1974, and then he introduced the first retail index fund, the S&P 500 index fund, available to individual investors. That was the first retail fund in 1975. And some of the quotes that Bogle uh, uh, is famous for saying, uh, Zweig actually has written here in the, uh, in the article, and I just wanted to share just a few of them with you. John Bogle has said, and you've heard me repeat this on this show many times, but he has said, don't look for the needle in the haystack, just buy the haystack. Again, what does what what's he mean by that? He means exactly what I have tried to share with all of you over many years. Don't try to pick individual stocks. Don't try to pick individual bonds. That's like trying to pick the needle in the haystack. As Mr. Bogle says, just buy the haystack. That is exactly what buying and building a portfolio, a global portfolio of low-cost index funds is all about. That's in sharp contrast to trying to get sexy, trying to be entertained, trying to speculate, and worse yet, paying some financial advisor who has led you to believe that if you want to be a sophisticated investor, if you want to be an advanced investor, as Ken Fisher talks about on television in his ads as he's taking shots at mutual funds, when he's attempting to lure you out of one of the best, if not the single best invention ever in the world of investing, low-cost index funds or ideally even better yet, low-cost institutional asset class funds, the, the attempt and the wording that Fisher himself uses, as well as other financial talk shows on television, on radio, where they are attempting to get you into a scenario of letting them pick individual stocks for you, John Bogle says don't do it instead build a beautiful beautiful diversified portfolio own the entire haystack don't look for needles in the haystack something else that he says when there's a gap between perception and reality it is only a matter of time until it is reconciled in favor of reality hmm Here's one of my favorite quotes by Mr. Bogle. I built a career out of knowing what I don't know. Let me read that one again. 
I built a career out of knowing what I don't know. A few weeks ago, I was sharing with you a couple of the most important variables or the or a couple of the most important attributes of a successful investor. And if you recall, I said one of those most important attributes, if you're going to be a successful investor, is humility as it pertains to the world of investing. Knowing what you don't know. Do you know, let me ask you, do you know what you don't know? Do you know that nobody can reliably and predictably and consistently pick what stocks are going to outperform the markets in advance? Now, sure, people get lucky, but luck does not equal skill. So, Right here, Mr. Bogle himself, in his own words, when he says, I built a career out of knowing what I don't know, essentially, that has a lot to do with humility. Rather than trying to outsmart and thinking that you can outsmart other investors, which is exactly what you or your money manager is doing when they're trying to pick stocks or bonds that they think are mispriced, or attempting to time the market, we're going to get in now because of what's going on with the Federal Reserve Board, because of what's coming up with the midterm elections, whatever, whatever, whatever excuses or things sound good. Take John Bogle's advice. Take my advice when I encourage you to really think about how important humility as an investor is. Believe me. It can free you. It can free you from investing the wrong way, and it will lead down the path of helping you invest the way that you should. Okay, we're going to go to our news. We come back, we'll pick right back up. Again, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, I'm here. You can reach me at 717 540 0580 or toll free 800 724 5801 or shoot me an email, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker, and this is the program where we do our very best to bring you truths founded in financial science. We'll be right back. This is your financial show, Central PA, Financial Freedom, on WHP 580. All right, welcome back. Second half of Financial Freedom. Uh, let's go right to the phones. We have Alec from Wormleysburg. Good morning, Alec. How may I help you, sir? Yes, good morning. Hey, I didn't see you over there at the uh, thing with RJ on Thursday at the Radisson. <laughs> or maybe you were there, didn't know. No, I wasn't there, no. no. Okay, I am not a first-time caller, and I'm a long-time listener. Now, here's a question I think is valid to investors. We sure. we are dominated, and everybody tells us, buy gold, buy silver. And I have bought gold and silver, and, and when you buy it, they want to charge you way more than what an ounce is worth, and then they, oh, we got to have this buyback thing. Mm-hmm. So, But we're, we're told, oh, my God, the world's going to crash, and you got to have this. And my question to you, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners 
your listeners are very concerned about this particular added diversification of your portfolio, you should have something like that. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, you like lobbing me softballs, huh? <laughs> well, didn't didn't intend that, sir. No, 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 no. That's a great great thing to ask, and uh, you're right. I think uh, it's an under discussed uh, topic. No, it is. It is. Um, well, let me just start with uh, uh, commenting on how you began your question, Alec, if I may. Um, Go ahead, sir. When you said that you or that we um, are hearing from a lot of people, the first thing that I always remind investors and consumers, always consider the source and ask yourself what is the motive. In other words, uh, we had talked about on the program several weeks ago, I had mentioned that it is important as an investor to have a good dose of healthy skepticism. That's never a bad thing. Now, I don't, I don't mean that equates to pessimism. I just mean skepticism. When somebody is recommending this or you're reading this or, you know, everybody's talking about Bitcoin when it was at $20,000 in December. Now we know it's down to about six or 7,000. I mean, we can go upon example upon example and you know, I can take you back in history and you'll see that there is a consistent pattern of people uh, having what's called the herd mentality and jumping on the bandwagon. So I would, I would always encourage you and everyone else that it doesn't matter if it's somebody recommending buy gold or that you get rich in flipping houses with real estate, whatever it is, always step back and, and ask yourself, what is their motive? And what you're going to find is much, much of what you hear surrounding the recommendations for buying gold or buying silver or buying commodities in general, most of the time, and you mentioned this and you're accurate, is within the context of fear. And the reason it is, I mean, you can go back and you can listen to Glenn Beck's radio shows five years ago, 10 years ago, and, you know, plus he was running ads, you know, buy gold and, you know, now, what what is his motive as an example well he was getting paid to promote this stuff. <laughs> yeah okay and yeah, we're just and, inundated by it i mean you look at your magazines you get you know certain magazines that belong to certain organizations sure, uh, sure. and and they and it's all full of that and you look at the tv and they throw it at you and you listen to the radio you are correct sir they, they they throw this all at you but when you actually go to get involved with it there's so many strings, it's like, well, why am I doing this? Right, right. And, is, and a safer alternative would be, you know, but, but it is a concern. Okay, here's, here's, here's my final thoughts on this, and hopefully this will help you. Um, Thank you, sir. Number one, the vast majority of the time, it's within the context of fear. The sky is falling, the world's coming to an end, and gold's going to be your lifeboat. Okay, number one. Number two, what we know is different than what they 
attempt to make us feel. In other words, emotions, and especially fear, there is no greater motivator than fear. That's why another example is you have these insurance agents, these financial advisors out there peddling these expensive, outrageous, high-commission, complex annuities. You know how they motivate so many seniors and retirees to get in into those? It's called fear. It's called fear of the next stock market decline, as though that is the end of the world. So, so when you look at many of these products that people are pushing out there, it's vast majority of the time comes from a message and, and a presumption and a premise of catastrophe. But if you back up, and as I encourage you, and you hear me talk about this all the time, if you back up, if we back up, and we look at the objective evidence, take the emotions out of it, the fear and the greed, and we look at the actual, emo, uh, uh, the actual evidence, what we see, and you can go back to the 1800s, when you look at the academic financial literature, you will see that gold and silver and investments of this sort have been a horrible, horrible investment. They, they barely even kept up with inflation. Barely. Well, that's what we see. You know, it goes up, it goes down, but it, it never goes, oh, my God, they, they got a commercial on TV. Oh, silver's going to be $100 an ounce. Really? Seriously? Well, yeah, but 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 again, it's still laying at what? 14, 15? Yeah, yeah. But what is their motive? Their motive is Alec, they could care less about you as an individual. They could care less about your family. They could care less about your retirement years. They don't know anything about you. Their goal is to grab your attention and to sell you something. That's what it well, is. They're good at it. Yeah, well, unfortunately... Once, once you buy something from them, they are relentless. Yeah, yeah. They well, never let you go. Yeah. But no, this is sound counsel. It's marketing. All it is is marketing. And unfortunately, Alec, it's not just as it pertains to gold and silver. As I said, there are insurance products out there. You see ads all over television. You hear pre-recorded financial talk shows that are designed to ultimately get people in their office. And, they, I mean, they are slick. These marketing people are slick. Well, they're brilliant. They spend lots of money on this. But when I just recently retired and I just started on the second end of my retirement red zone, which you know mm -hmm. what that is, and mm -hmm. we sit there and we go out for these breakfasts, these retirement breakfasts with the group <laughs> I work with, and and this is a, a pretty good discussion with, with us. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, it is a discussion at the beginning of retirement red zone. Should you invest in this for later years? And uh, uh, diversify, of course. You definitely right. believe in diversification. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but, but I don't. But diversify. But diversify into assets that have in and of themselves inherent value. And a shiny piece of, of, of stone or gold, okay, in and of itself has no inherent value. Its value is based simply upon what the next person is willing to 
pay. But, Alec, I have to run. we got a hard break here. I appreciate your call very much. Excellent exchange, sir. Don't be shy. Love to hear from you anytime, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, have an awesome weekend. All right, let's go to our last break. When we come back, uh, I would have time for another call or two uh, if you call immediately. Um, and you can reach me here, 717-540-0580 or toll-free, 800-724-5801 or shoot me an email, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker. We'll be right back. Providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. Once again, here's Tim Decker. All right. Thank you for, again, making us part of your Saturday morning. Hopefully the time we spend here together uh, provides you with some practical insights and information as I do my very, very best to help you make wise financial decisions, not emotional ones, but wise ones founded and grounded in financial science and the evidence of academics and investing. Okay, uh, I received an email here. It says, hi, Tim. Great show. Thanks for the well-reasoned advice. I'm not sure if you discussed this on any previous shows, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the two new zero funds through Fidelity there's zero total stock market index fund and zero total international stock market index fund. Could you share what you see as the pros and cons? Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thank you for the nice and kind email. Um, yeah, we did discuss it, but that's all right. I'm more than happy to just uh, offer you a qu uh, couple thoughts on it. Uh, just for the benefit of everyone else who may have not heard us discuss it, Fidelity launched uh, in recent weeks two new uh, funds. They're called their Zero Funds. Uh, they have a total stock market and a total international market uh, index fund uh, with a zero expense ratio. Obviously, this is marketing at its best, um, uh, but let me just share with you why I would not recommend uh, jumping on that bandwagon at this time. Number one, remember, the zero costs are only referring to what are called the explicit expenses. Explicit are those that you can easily identify, in this case, what are referred to as the expense ratios. However, there are other costs associated with mutual funds. When there is buying and selling of the stocks that are held in these funds, like all funds, they incur commissions, there are bid-ask sp spreads, and there are also other things that fund families do in the way of uh, lending revenue, where they lend revenue uh, or they lend out securities for which they get revenue back in the house, paid back to them, and the good fund families will share that revenue with fund shareholders to help also lower expenses. I'm not sure exactly yet how Fidelity is going to handle that. In other words, you can actually have a fund that has a, a say, like a Vanguard, you know, stock market index fund, you know, that maybe has an expense ratio of five or six basis points or eight 
um, you can actually have funds that have a little bit higher expense ratios but actually end up with bottom line better performance because there are other sources of revenue and there are other costs which are referred to as implicit costs that have an impact on the bottom line net return. And at the end of the day, that's what we um, are, are looking for is the bottom line net return after taxes. The other thing is there has been some discussion as it pertains to what indexes are they actually going to track. So we're still looking at that from an evaluation standpoint. So my recommendation is I would not jump on that bandwagon. Let's see how things unfold. And I surely, surely would not even think about selling any of your taxable investments to move it over to Fidelity for a, a uh, zero expense ratio opportunity here. The other thing is that I will tell you, I am not a big fan of Fidelity. That is a bias, so I'm just making you aware of that up front. And one of the reasons why I am not is you may recall that several years ago, they had a lawsuit brought against them by their own employees, employees of Fidelity, because the 401k that Fidelity had for their own employees had in that 401k some of Fidelity's most expensive fund options that the employees, their own employees, were putting money into. Employees became very upset, rightfully so. They demanded that they use, why not their low-cost funds? I mean, after all, we're your employees, and they brought lawsuit against them. I think that's, I just, morally and ethically, I have, have a problem with that. So anyway, let's wait and see, give this some time, but I personally would not go jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, again, it's strictly marketing. It's uh, to get monies in the door, and then obviously, Fidelity is going to hope that uh, they're going to be able to convince you to look at some of their other funds that the expenses obviously are more. And uh, once they get you in the door, uh, hopefully they uh, are hoping that they can upsell you on other things that they have. So that's my personal opinion on that. I just want to uh, mention something I had oh, Opened the show with this article that was in the Wall Street Journal this weekend uh, about John Bogle and Bogleheads, and something that I think is very interesting. In the article, uh, the, they talk about one of the men that were at this get-together. His name is Mr. Bridgman. Um, he mentioned that uh, he had a, and I quote here, he says, I have a friend who's a stockbroker. And when he heard I was about to retire, he said, hey, can we get together and have lunch? And I said, well, sure, we can have lunch, but you should know I am a boglehead. So I believe in index funds, keeping things simple. And Mr. Bridgman and his wife then burst out laughing at the memory because he went on to say, he's still my friend, but he never did invite me to that lunch. <laughs> Very interesting. I also want to uh, make a, f f a 
follow-up comment as it pertains to uh, my discussion with, with Alec earlier, and that is, remember, the vast majority, and this is sad, but it's true, the vast majority of the financial advice that you hear, the vast majority of the financial products that people offer you, advisors offer you, unfortunately, is designed to transfer money from your pockets to the pockets of Wall Street and insurance companies. And that's why it's so important that you understand and that you know and that you get in writing the information that you need so that you can make sound, non-emotional decisions. As I often say, remember, you don't get a second chance at a secure retirement. Make sure you do what's in the best interest of you and your family. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be with you next week. Take care.